Okay, I have a Jeff. Oh, I think I can hear you. I'm hearing tickety tick tick tick. How are you doing? There he is. Ah, Jeff Dodds, Gwen. Hey, look, just a just a just a pretty little bicycle behind you. Let me tell you. Yeah, they are. <laughs> All right. There. So Well, hello, hello. Hello. Hi guys. Thank you for jumping. Actually, thank you for making the adjustment. My my calendar is filling up. It's kind of crazy, this labor of love. So tomorrow, tomorrow would have been tougher. Tar- see, that's fantastic. Yay! Because it's really tougher on my end. I am uh, my my better half has a 10-year checkup for being cancer-free, and the doctor gave the appointment tomorrow, tomorrow, or tomorrow. Huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, so That's I'll make it happen. That's going to be the day. <laughs> so, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I know you came highly recommended because of another interview I had where, uh, Mark, you were talked about in working with veterans and working with rotary and so uh i I bugged mr gump for all your info and before you knew it before i knew it he had me connected with the both of you so thank you so much for for doing this i really appreciate it right off the bat and um we're gonna we're gonna work off some 10 basic questions of how you got into rotary and stuff but i really want to talk about your fellowship and your club and you guys working with veterans. Um, so uh, I know I have, so down at the bottom, who's calling himself. There he is. Now you're Mark Shockley. Cause a few minutes ago you were rotary club of something. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you have no name now. So I have, and I, and I assume saying your name, Mark Shockley, that is correct. We always make sure. Shockey. I, Shockey. Yep. See, Shockey. There you go. So shock E, even though it's with a Y, with me, my brain, the way my brain works. Yeah, just no L in it. Oh, there you go. Shock E. Okay. I'm sure that has a lot of high school and college stories attached to it. <laughs> and Jeff, how am I saying your last name? It's Stodds. Okay. So just think of odd and it makes sense. There you go. <laughs> well, for the record, I drove sobs for years, so I know the... Uh, you know the ah sound for sure. There you go. Okay. Just uh, so you you kept it the real version, not S T O D E S. Correct. <laughs> At least my family before me did, and I'm exactly. gonna stick to it. Somebody went through Ellis Island or somewhere and went, no, I'm good with two A's. Don't don't mess it up. It's not broken. All right. So, so tell us a little bit about your audience. Okay, so our audience, so well, I I was a, a radio personality and a concert promoter and production person, and then COVID hit. So I came back to here in Washington State, where uh, I have a small studio in my house and everything, and got really comfortable with the walls of my house, and went on uh, the Rotary uh, site because I'm a podcast fanatic, thinking I'd find a Rotary podcast, and there was not one. So I started one, thought it would be a fluke, thought it in like six months, I'll get bored. I'll probably not have an audience who wants to learn about this. And we're now, I'm now in my fifth season. We have audiences on every single continent, um, all shapes, colors, sizes, ages, from rotor actors to interactors. Uh, some of my biggest audiences actually in, in Europe and on the continent of Africa, they just, I, um, Malawi, Johannesburg. So and they tune in every week and we have um, it, it, the whole idea of it was to get to know regular uh, Rotarians. I mean, I have had Jennifer Jones. I have had our, our international vice president, Jarita on. I have had, I guess, in the higher echelons of Rotary, those quote unquote celebrities on. But the whole idea of it was to introduce people to everyday rota- everyday people that proudly call themselves Rotarians where I think some of the real stories are 
Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's, you know, I talked to uh, a, a lady that was really excited that all these, that we had all these uh, mosquito nettings coming to her country of Malawi. And then she said, yeah, but who stays in bed all day? And so she's starting a whole er- a whole organization of Rotarians that are taking all of those beautiful mosquito nets and cutting them up and covering windows because people live in their houses all day, not just in their bed. So it's, it's like all these different wild stories about all these Rotarians that are doing stuff. And when I talked to, you know, Tom Gump about all the other stuff he was doing, um, I think a group of veterans that are uh, a part of Rotary, um, I think it would be a fascinating story. I just talked to a, a gentleman yesterday, uh, Joe Cerami, who used to work for the War College. And he's a Rotarian. And so he's had very dual lives. Like, how do you how do you talk ethics and the four-way test from a military background? And so, and I also know you guys are reaching out and caring for some of these veterans. I think veterans get overlooked. A lot of the time. So even though we depend on them at a drop of a hat. So that's why I called on you guys. Okay. So, you know, I, I have dear friends that have been in the military. Uh, My other half's father was in the NSA and my father, um, my father was in the second world war. Uh, The guy to his left went to D-Day and he and everybody else went to, went to Italy where um, he basically sat on a mountainside because most of the stuff had been done and uh, saw a lot of history. He saw Mussolini up by his ankles. And then after they did that, they sent him off to Poland to help liberate things. So my father never took his gun out of his holster, but got to see a lot of stuff. So it's an interesting lives we all lead. So anyhow, I want to know what you guys are doing. Do you have any questions for me? How long have you been doing this podcast? I've been doing this podcast now for, I'm pushing two years. Wow. I was on the radio for quite some time, but nah, it's it's about two years now. So it's been a lot of, you know, it's had its ups and downs, you know, but uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. So I'm going to count you guys in. Mark Shockey and uh, Jeff Stodds. And uh, got those names right. And what is the official name of your group? We are the Rotary Club of Minnesota Veterans. Okay. The first veteran cause-based club in the world. And I'll want definitely more specifics about that because that that seems very specific. So let's <laughs> let's let's find out how specific that is. So, all right, let's count you in and rock and roll, shall we? Hey, because the man's got his motorcycles. Tomorrow's busy. I don't know, Mark. He like fit you in in his schedule is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. So <laughs> right. tomorrow I'll be giving blood and giving away food and clothing. Well, then let's get on it, shall we? <laughs> All right, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It is a triple show today. I have two guests at the same time. We are talking veterans in Rotary and a whole bunch more. Mark Shockey and Jeff um, Je- and Jeff Sods. See, I work so hard on their names until I'm recording. Then I always mess it up. They are the Rotary Club of Minnesota veterans. And I was, I really wanted to write this all down because they are the first veterans club. um, The first veteran cause club in the world, I think is exactly how Jeff put it. And Jeff, I'm going to put the first question to you because what exactly does that mean? And welcome to the show. All right. So it's a cause-based club, which they're popping up. Cause-based clubs are popping up all over. Uh, People that have a common interest are creating a Rotary Club because they uh, have the same interest and involvement uh, with other people. And most of them have not been in Rotary before. So 
in our club, I think there's three of us with prior rotary experience. But you are all rotary, right? You're all like a rotary club. You do dues and all that kind of stuff. When you say this is called a, a, a cause club, um, is this uh, something cause based cause based club? So is this something that's really come up since COVID that people, instead of like having the, is this something? Cause I know, I know Tom Gump talked about these as well. These caused based clubs. What exactly is a caused based club then? It, it's that we share, uh, we share uh, commonalities together. So being that we're called the uh, Rotary Club of Minnesota Veterans, we have a lot of veterans, but we also have uh, non-veterans that are interested in veteran causes. Okay. And that was, and that was going to be my next question because it's like, do you have to be, is there a prerequisite that you have to be a veteran to be a member of this club? And the answer is no. You do not. Um, We have uh, members that are just interested in veteran causes. So our, our, uh, our mission I can share that with you. Please, please it's do. Serving past and present members of the armed forces and their families by identifying their unmet needs and quickly mobilizing our members to solve these issues. And we accomplish that uh, by we're committed to help those in need by taking action through selfless service with boots on the ground, leveraging rotary resources, and partnering with other veterans organizations. Wow. So definitely the, the boots on the ground thing, that is a definitely, I, I know that vernacular well. <laughs> so then you're both, because I, I know, uh, Mark, you're joining us too. So are, are you both veterans and how did you serve? Well, Jeff is actually a veteran and I am not. I'm a, I'm a 30-year Rotarian and uh, I was, well, thank you for your service there too. I mean, thirty years—that's. That's, <laughs> I was transitioning um, my own responsibilities uh, a little bit, and uh, actually was uh, reached out to by the district governor nominee, who said, "Hey, I want to buy you lunch." And by the way, there's going to be a few veterans there. Just come see, listen to what's going on, and. Uh, the more I, I worked with this group of individuals, um, it became a, a request. Well, why don't you why don't you join the new veterans club when they charter? And I was like, no, I'm I'm happy in my own club. Everything's right. fine. Uh, but uh, the more I worked with these men and women, the more I saw their single focus and the alignment between the whole idea of Rotary being about service and being people of action, it just, uh, it really hit well. And it was before the pandemic started. Right. Okay. uh, They are a group of veterans. They, you like that? We are a group of of veterans Mm -hmm. uh, and really great professionals. Each one had a leadership role in their their branch of service. And so their organizers and their promoters, they're men and women who are all about serving others. And all we did with the idea of a cause-based Rotary Club was to introduce a number of people to the idea of a service organization and then a way to continue to make an impact for a lot of people who've spent the first part of their life making an impact uh, in in so many different ways. And and that's one of the joys of of learning the story of veterans is veterans aren't all about carrying guns and doing military exercises. You know, their experiences, their impact on the nations where they've served there's story after story after story and they just light up when they talk about how they were able to care for for people all over the world so that's awesome so i i then i asked jeff since since uh, mark is a veteran of rotary uh you're a veteran of dot 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 i'm a uh a Vietnam era veteran. I served with the Army's 82nd Airborne. 
and uh, went in under Nixon, came out under Carter, and uh, then retired after three years. And uh, I've been service-minded. I, I went in uh, barely 17. Wow. And, uh, and I've always been service-minded. That continued. I was a JC for a number of years. And uh, then when you age out of JCs and then the natural transition uh, where I lived in Wisconsin was to join Rotary. And so I was invited to join. And so I joined Rotary in 1994 and past president of the uh, Eau Claire Noon Rotary. And uh, then uh, when I moved out to Montana, I was a member of Rotary out there. And uh, when I moved to Minnesota, I looked at clubs and didn't find any that were very interesting uh, to me. They did, and uh, happened to be at a networking event, and uh, one of the uh, one of the guys saw my 82nd Airborne lapel pin on my sports coat, and uh, we had a conversation. He says, "Hey, have you ever heard of Rotary?" And I says, "Yeah, I'm familiar with Rotary." And uh, he said, "Well, we're starting a new Rotary club. It's going to be the Rotary Club of Minnesota Veteran." And I said, "I'm in." So it was that. It was that simple. It was that simple. Okay. So, well, and, w- and what I think is, is great in hearing both of your stories and because I kind of, I asked you once and then kind of twice, and I don't think I was clear because I want, I can already hear voices in my audience say cause-based rotary groups, cause-based rotary groups. So we're a world air organization. And here's this one group that's only going to stick to this one topic. So when you hear something like that, are you a club that's only there for veterans? What do you what do you say to the I don't want to say the haters, but let's just say the confused. Let's say the the people who don't know because you are new. I mean, the when I was introduced to you guys is like, okay, it's just a group or is it just veterans? No, we've already nixed that that it, you can be anybody and you can join. But is it only looking out for veterans and veterans needs? Is that all you guys do? So I'll, I'll chime in here. Um, the reality is what we have discovered is, yes, we, we are cause-based. So we have a particular cause that we're gathering together around. And that cause, uh, you know, is what Jeff said was our, our vision of identifying veteran families on net needs and and then just mobilizing members to serve them. So that's the, the heart of it. But one of the things that we discovered in our first couple of months was that we were flooded with opportunities from other Rotary clubs who wow. were we have a group of veterans that need some help here. We have this opportunity in our community and you're you're regional. So can you help us in this or that. So it's really a spreading of the rotary ideal of service. And it is just how will we serve? Will it really, it makes it easy um, within the first two, three months, we had our first global grant so we we had a, a grant for twenty thousand um, dollars that happened when we had just had two or three meetings together. And so, what was that? And what was that for? Well, I'll let I'll let Jeff tell the the story. Of okay, the- all right, that's a tease. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not uh, we're not restricted to a city. We're we're we have members all around the state. Um, when we were meeting live, we were meeting at Mark's church and, uh, there's a, uh, place called Haven for Heroes in Anoka, Minnesota, which is just the suburb of Minneapolis. And they took over an old County farm. So it was built in the early 1900s and, uh, and it went, to uh, out of use, I think in the seventies and uh, the city, it's just been sitting empty and the buildings dilapidating and they were going to uh, rehab the land uh, or abate the land. And it would cost them millions of dollars to do so. 
And uh, this couple uh, stepped in and said, here's our vision. We want a place for veterans that need housing and uh, they're, that are transitioning. Um, maybe they need counseling, those kind of things. And so they're rehabbing. They have three main buildings. And each building will house or houses about 26 veterans. One is for uh, women and families. And the other two are, are for men. And they have a need. They, they've had services donated and uh, people sponsor the rehab of all these buildings. So our goal was to rehab one of the rooms uh, for a, uh, a uh, rec room. And uh, it was probably one of the worst rooms in the building because it's in the basement. And had been underwater for a lot of years. <laughs> and uh, so we did some projects uh, to help repair it. And uh, all the trade unions uh, donated uh, products and the skills of their apprentices to rehab the room. So now we had money to buy more equipment. Uh, you know, like furniture, foosball table, pool table, those kind of things. And uh, television, stereo system, those, those items. And uh, so we had a veteran in our club, a World War II veteran, that uh, donated $5,000. We created our foundation and with matching funds. We, uh, we had $20,000 of matching funds with Rotary. And then the, uh, the Hopkins uh, Elks Lodge uh, donated another thousand because they're interested in veteran causes. And uh, so we had $21,000 to furnish uh, this room. Fantastic. So one and, thing that, please, Mark, yes. Oh, I was just gonna say, coming back to it, um, it was a, simple ask to any local Rotary Club, uh, just tell them what we're about and who we are. And, you know, they were quick to say, oh, well, here's $250 to, to add to what you're trying to accomplish. So we've had great, great support from Rotary Clubs all around. Well, and one thing I think is, is very, is very, um, makes so much sense is I guess, you know, veterans speak the language of other veterans. I'm, I'm not a veteran. I've never been in the military service. I don't, you know, like we talked about before we went on air today is that I've had family members, of course, in the service, but I don't know how to speak veteran. I don't know what it's like to be a veteran. I am thankful that I've never had to be in a situation where I've had to be. So one thing that I find very interesting is you speak the language of veterans and it also seems that you are a taking care of home kind of club, meaning you're taking care of veterans. These projects and everything are staying quite localized in the in the United States or even in Minnesota. Is that true? Is that kind of a, a theme of your club to keep keep the the service here at home? Well, we have to we have to be able to reach where we're what we're going to do. But if something came up with uh, active military overseas, uh, we certainly would do something if they needed something. So we we sent uh, Christmas cards the, the, you know, the first Christmas after we chartered. Uh, we chartered in October of 19. And uh, so it, it, but the reach is getting there because after we started, uh, we were contacted by people all around the country that wanted to start their own cause-based veterans rotary clubs. That, and I, th I think they're, whoop, got a little feedback there. Sorry guys. Um, and I think there, there is something to be said about these. I mean, a, overall rotary in the United States has been, has been shrinking slightly. Um, it's been growing in a lot of other places in the world, but there is something very unique about these cause-based clubs and, not only because they reach a, a niche where people can feel comfortable. It's like, I'll join you. I'm a vet. I know I'm among family, like immediately. The one thing I also caught on to when you guys were talking is that you guys are also so willing to work with 
other civics groups. And I have seen in the past that it's like, we're Rotarians, not even like sheltered with we're Rotarians, we're only going to meet with other Rotarians, but we're Rotarians, we're only going to meet with our club. We're not even going to play well with other Rotarians. The I, So do you really recommend that to others? The way you guys are like, come on, Lions, come on, Eagles, come on, Shriners, let's oh, all absolutely. work together. One, one, Please. One of our... Uh... One of our projects is uh, working with an organization called Welcome Home Veteran. And when a veteran gets new housing, uh, Welcome Home Veterans provides them with everything you would need when you moved into a new apartment. So, uh, and it's not used stuff, it's all brand new stuff. I have, a, I have a Tahoe, Chevy Tahoe, and I fill up the back of that with all the things that they give. So it's a new microwave new coffee pot it's a new toaster it's new dishes it's new pots and pans it's uh it's uh new silverware it's uh a wastebasket full of cleaning supplies it's uh two folding chairs it's uh it used to be an air mattress and they got a donation of a hundred queen beds and box mattresses and box springs so now we're delivering those beds as well it's called bed brigade and uh that's a uh, that's a group that was started out of the Elks Lodge in Hopkins, Minnesota. Wow! I'm going to be a member of that as well, and that's how I heard about it. And they were our they were our uh, program speakers for one of our meetings, and uh, now a bunch of our uh, members are delivering kits uh, when they sign up the word they they need somebody to deliver. So. Have you ever done any projects not attached to anything to veterans? We have. We uh, helped with uh, another Rotary Club, actually several Rotary Clubs in the district, to send, um, struggling with the specific word, but I think it was like female hygiene packages to Tanzania. Was it called, was it a, was it called a, it was a group called days for girls or yeah. So yeah. So take, yeah, we've, we've done that at our club too. Uh, The height, the idea that during when a girl's monthly blessing as I used, my mother used to call it came every month. A lot of girls in some schools cannot go to school. They're not allowed to. And so they fall behind. So those hygiene kits uh, actually help young ladies go to school. So you were, Mark, I'm sensing I'm sensing yeah. your mouth open. Yes, please. <laughs> well, and you know, you you heard us mention about leveraging, um, and that is a big thing that veterans do. They have been about problem solving, and they see a problem, and they figure out with the people who are there how to solve that problem, and and that's that's what we do. So if it is a matter of uh, serving a particular group of people with needs. Well, who's already got a foot in that door? Who's already started helping? How could we come alongside them? You know, for us to come up with a hundred mattresses would take huge amounts of work. But here's an organization that has a hundred mattresses, and we just happen to have a bunch of veterans who can lift mattresses up four stories of stairs and. It's a great match. And then the same way, um, some of the things, you know, Jeff talked about Christmas cards and, and then those other hygiene kits. What's amazing about that is it's leveraging Rotary because we're building relationships with other Rotary clubs. And all of a sudden, they're starting to think and have an eye toward looking at the millions of veterans that are just here in our state of Minnesota. It's basically a double double whammy. If you can say no to Rotary, try or a veteran, try 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 and say no to both a Rot- Rotarian Veterans Club and see how well you do. I mean, you, you you'd not mm-hmm. be the most liked neighbor for sure. Well, we in the United States, as you guys well know, are a fully volunteer um, military country. And so you guys started immediately to uh, a long time ago to put service above self. But one thing that we talk about here and one of the questions that's really always looked forward to in the podcast is talking about the four-way test. 
that it is the guiding principle of Rotarians. What does the four-way test mean to you guys? Not only as veterans, but how do you use the the four-way test in your life? And I know only one of you is a veteran, but we we have a confession to make before we answer this. Uh-oh. We don't have a four-way test. We have a five-way test in our club, don't we, Jeff? Oh we my do. god, I, I better write it down. Okay, so it's more than the 24 words you've added on. Oh, I'm I'm intrigued. Go for it. Number five is will it be fun? Ah, well, gosh, I was like, I was ready. I was like getting a little bead of sweat, like it was gonna be something hard. Is it fun? I like it. Will it be fun? Yeah, and 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 the heart of uh, of the four way test is it makes sense. Those are values that are seen in our American military. Those same things, you know. And and it was fun sitting with our original visioning group because each group would start to talk. We'd have a a. Um, uh, a Air Force person start to explain how all oh, the here are the the values that the Air Force holds up that are parallel to the four way test. And then an army guy would say, well, that's nothing. We've got this over here. And, you know, just a, a little competition. But that fifth part is is also not just fun and games. It's it's what makes the Veterans Club really tick. And and here's what it is. Veterans as a whole are extremely lonely people. They have been in serving situations where camaraderie was everything. They worked together. They fought together. They had each other's backs. That was huge. And then they're finished and they're no longer they don't have those supportive relationships anymore. And they become, uh, you know, that that's what we've seen as one of the huge needs. They become very isolated. And so we've built in as our number one value as a club is camaraderie. Uh, you know, it has been, veterans have discovered the value of camaraderie and what our club provides is just that experience of of joy in in working together with others, a sense of common purpose with others, and and that is what the fun is about. So it's not just well, we'll sit around and drink beer. We do a lot of that, but well, it's yeah. also <laughs> it's also much more. It's about having fun. And it just so happens that the camaraderie is having fun, solving problems, taking care of others. And that's what the heart of Rotary is. Right. So that camaraderie, um, I, I don't think it's fair to, to have the, the discussion without talking about some of the, the, the troops that have been coming home, especially over the last 10 years and missing that camaraderie and having and extraordinarily high suicide rate. Um, is that something that your club works on? Is that getting that camaraderie, getting those people to you before we lose them after all the hard work that they've done? That's what we hope to do. Uh, but we're all connected with other groups as well. Our past president who um, is a retired, retired uh, Army National Guard or Army Reserve, excuse me, he was on six deployments through his career. Six? Six, so? six. Six. Oh, my God. Okay. And uh, he's uh, he's involved with uh, the VFW. And uh, another another one of our veterans is uh, really involved with every third Saturday, which I want to make sure we talk about, uh, which is uh, providing clothing for veterans, uh, either work clothing or or nicer clothes to put on when they go for an interview. Uh, I happen to be with a group called Project Got Your Back. I'm on the board of directors. Project Got Your Back. There's over 500 nonprofits that serve veterans in Minnesota alone. And Project Got Your Back, uh, we're creating a navigator program, a vet talking to a vet and helping them find their way um, through uh, not only to get the benefits they deserve, but to find the resources that are available to them with whatever needs they might have. 
And uh, so through that network of things, then Project Got Your Back, um, the way I got involved with that group was uh, their executive uh, director talked to our club. Um, and I ended up getting involved. And I know our club's going to get involved with that as well with uh, upcoming uh, projects and events that are coming up. Uh, the American Red Cross uh, gave us a talk about you know, what they do for uh, active servicemen that are overseas and their families at home. And so we decided right away to do a blood drive. And so the first blood drive we did was right after COVID was announced. And there were so many blood drives that were canceled because of, of COVID-19. And we talked about it and we said, no, we're going to do it. And uh, so when I was in discussions with the American Red Cross, they only gave us 45 slots to donate blood. And I said, well, that seems really low to me. And uh, the gal said, well, we hope to get 25 usable donations when we do a blood drive. And I said, if we only get 45, I'm going to be disappointed. So, um, on our first blood drive, we ended up getting 59 usable donations. Um, they had computer problems when they first got there. We lost some walk-ins that were ready to give and, and ended up leaving. But the, uh, the Red Cross stayed until 10 o'clock that night to get all those uh, people in uh, to give blood. And then, and then we had beers. And, uh, and so... Since then, our numbers have gone up on every drive. We're going to do our fifth blood drive tomorrow. And uh, when we talked about uh, Welcome Home Veterans, I, I forgot to say that they also get three bags of groceries with their Welcome Home kits. And uh, so two blood drives ago, we decided, well, let's put a food drive with this. And we have a trailer out in the parking lot and started collecting food. I think on our first food drive, we maybe got 12 bags of food. Uh, the, last, the, the last one, we got uh, around 200 pounds of food and $231 in donation. So now we're doing our third one tomorrow in conjunction with the, uh, in conjunction with the blood drive. And we're we're adding one more component, and it's a clothing drive for every third Saturday, which is an organization that, that provides clothing for veterans, as I mentioned. So it's just, it's just growing, and we're getting better at getting the word out. Um, you know, the people that come for the blood drive, where I, the, the appointments are filled up weeks before the blood drive even happens. And we always make sure to let them know, here's our next date that we're going to have a blood drive. And I, I think we're valuable enough to the, to the American Red Cross that they let us schedule um, our blood drives each quarter for the rest of the year. Because we want to be able to tell people when our next one is so that they come back. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So... Here's here's an intriguing question. Um, as uh, you know, uh, Jeff, you as you as a veteran, you um, you actively participated in in war. So there's another side, right? Or you went to war? Excuse me. I did not. Uh, I'm a Vietnam era veteran. Oh, I, I want to make that clarification. I don't want to thank represent you. myself as a Vietnam veteran. My brother did three tours over. Thank you. Fair enough. Yeah. I didn't. I was not aware of the difference. So you were there at the time, but you were not in combat. Is that the proper way to say it? Correct. They weren't sending troops over uh, when I went in. Well, so thank you very much for that clarification. Uh, like I said, I don't speak veteran, <laughs> so that would be definitely one of the occasions. But I do. I do have an interesting question. Um, there are veterans on both sides, as we well know. So would you ever, as a Rotary group, reach out and work with perhaps veterans on the other side in an international project 
I know we have a fellowship of actually Pakistani ex-military that is working. They meet once a month with a group of Indian soldiers on the India-Pakistan border and talk peace and fellowship every single month. So would you be willing to do, since you work so well with other groups, would you be willing to work with other veteran affair groups in other countries? I can't imagine that we wouldn't. Uh, not knowing everybody's history, we may have a few members that, that may not like that idea, but they aren't going to, not but, and uh, they certainly aren't going to stand in our way if we're, we're looking to do, you know, to, to have a farther reach. Uh, and I'll admit it's a very 30,000 feet question. You know, it was more of a, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I don't have an idea for you and I'm not saying to do this next week, but we are, but it, we are an international organization. And does that introduce an idea to work more internationally this way? And, you know, one answer to that question is that uh, as a brand new Rotary Club, well, we call ourselves brand new, even though it all began just before the pandemic. So it was like we recreated ourselves twice to, right, right. to, to make this happen. But uh, one of the things that we have done is we've had some extensive discussions with other areas in the country, different states that are interested in a veterans club. But also there have been two international countries that have been interested in this for their veterans. And so we were able to to just simply share, okay, this is what we do. This is how we're structured, um, et cetera, you know, along that line. And uh, for for now, that has been our, our international effort. Uh, and, you know, we'll see as we get our boots on the ground for even more. Uh, you know, we learned a lot during our first year as a club and uh, look forward to what might happen. Right. And I have to say in my in, I will throw myself under the bus by saying it was a very 30,000 foot question. And you guys are not celebrating 15, 20 years as a club. You're celebrating 15 to 24 months as a club. So I will, I will take that absolutely in consideration. Um, so thank you. I, I do, I just have a couple more questions for you. And one of the questions that we always ask is about the future of Rotary and um, is our cause clubs like this? Are, is this the future of Rotary? I mean, because, because of the fact that it, I was a, is it is it kind of like expanding our fellowship groups into actually making them clubs? And are these cause clubs the future? I think it's I think that's where Rotary's seeing its growth, at least in the United States. The cause based clubs are starting uh, with people that had no idea what Rotary was before they uh, joined that cause based club. There's one on on sex trafficking. There's a ecology one. There's, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, one of the things we take a lot of pride in is that we have been talking to so many groups around the country that want to start the, the start of a cause-based veterans club, either in their city or in their state. And so we're, we are doing a lot of outreach that way. Uh, I have, I think this is probably... I must be close to 20 on how many different groups I've talked to uh, either at their meeting or a special Zoom call or, or whatever, talking about our club. And when you, when you said that, you know, you, vets know how to talk to vets. Vets have a special, we have a special language. And, uh, you know, the fun part in there is that, uh, we will uh, get on each other's case if uh, if need be, uh, in a fun way. Uh, and and you've been a member of a Rotary Club, a traditional Rotary Club, Gwen. Okay. I would say I would say slightly different. We do meet at cocktail hour. We don't have fines for happy thoughts. I mean, so we have we've kind of expanded. I would say we are a traditional Rotary Club, but we we've been taking on some new things, but. So 
one of the one of the things that's great about our club is that being that we were brand new, we could make any rules we wanted to make. So <laughs> um, we don't have a meal when we meet. Um, and when we were able to meet live and we are going to go live again in June and we, uh, so most clubs have happy dollar and it's not a fine. It's just that you're making a donation to the club because you have an announcement. to make. So Mark being a pastor and being our Jiminy cricket of, of, uh, of giving up us a great conscience. Uh, he said, we're not going to do happy dollars. We're going to have a swear jar. And that swear jar brings in more money once a month than any happy dollars do of clubs that meet four times a month. Uh, we had a social here uh, about a month ago at, in my shop. And I didn't have a jar, but I had a, a, a tin bucket. And we put that out and I think we raised 130, $140. We just, we just, you know, threw in $20 and said, look, this covers me for the night. Mark doesn't have to count now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that could be a lot. That could be a long night for you with chicken scratches there. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. And we, we had, uh, our, our record is one individual who, uh, who paid it forward for both the meeting for the night and the service event that weekend and dropped a hundred dollar bill in. So, and the funny thing is the, the great part of the story, the camaraderie that's there, this whole idea started in our post rotary meeting. We know rotary meetings are important, but the post rotary meetings are where things really happen. And we were uh, indulging in a beverage or two and, you know, one of the the 20 year olds in the club um, who is currently deployed now. She was uh, lined up to be um, a, a president elect and uh, she was deployed again. So she's uh, pulled back for a little bit, but uh, you know, I just smiled at her and said, okay, I have three daughters. None of them have a mouth like you. And she said, any of them in the military? And I said, nope. She said, that's why. And, uh, and I said, you know, there's, there's a cost to talking like that though. And, and it, we just laughed all night. And by the end of the night, I think we had our first 15 bucks. And, and at the end of it, I said, I see a great foundation fundraiser in this. And that has happened. That has happened. I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I have to, I mean, I grew up with a father who said, my God, you, you, you swear like a sailor. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> those are those Navy people. <laughs> those Navy people, I guess so. So gentlemen, the last question I have for you, first of all, thank you so much. Um, not only for uh, Jeff, your non-combat service, let me get that right, um, but your service in general and your service to other veterans, because I know you are helping literally every single day uh, veterans. I have Two questions, last questions. One, is there any rank in your club? So if a general, if a retired general walks in, do they get treated just the same as the private that's a member of your club? They they would. Uh, we would still give them the respect they deserve because of the rank that they held. And we would still look at that person as an equal because we are members of this rotary club. So if there's no rank, really the only rank we have are the, uh, the officer positions. Okay. And the most important one in most clubs, the backbone of the club is their club secretary. And Mark is not our club secretary. He is our executive officer. He is our XO. And that's a military term. And it, and it gives him the respect that he, he deserves because he is the glue to keep this, uh, this club running. This is like herding cats. Uh, it is, you have, you have, uh, you know, many members that are dealing with all sorts of different issues and all in different, uh, times of their careers and, uh, 
and Mark uh, keeps everything sane. Well, that's that's some pretty precious words for you, Mark. I, I and I can see by the way you're he's just you have a very humble smile on your face. So last question, gentlemen. I'm a vet and I happen to see you on a uh, with a with a pin, a rotary pin on, and maybe we're both wearing some type of naval hat or something like that. And I say, I see you're in rotary. Why why would I want to join rotary? What's in it for me? What would you tell them? My fast answer would be camaraderie. Uh, we we gather together uh, to serve others, and um, it is a honor and a joy to be able to do that. And along the way, um, you know, as Jeff just said, we we show a lot of respect for the service that everyone has provided. Even Navy. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the record, gentlemen, my father was a flying tiger. I have a lot of Navy in my in my bloodstream. So uh, go Navy. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure. I think cause-based clubs could be a definite uh, future for Rotary. And thank you so much for taking the time and uh, all that you do. I appreciate it so much. When you have you. our, uh, you have our email addresses. And if any of your listeners want to reach out and find out more about starting a club or any questions on, you know, if they need some help getting a club going, uh, we're welcome to answer those emails. You know, I think I, I will pass you on to a, a friend of mine, uh, Steve Schwabel, who was actually uh, on the podcast one of my very first seasons. He is actually a Rotary Club member in Oak Harbor, Washington, which is where the Oak Harbor uh, Naval Air Base is, uh, where we have the growlers and all that kind of stuff that fly over us down up north. I'm down south, so I don't hear them that much. Um, but uh, I will pass on your information. I think a, uh, a veterans club up there might be really appreciated. So again, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time so much. And thanks for your creativity for Rotary too, and listening to stories. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to share our story. <laughs>